Good evening. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, December 1st. Well, for the week, corn closed up two cents at 484 for March. Beans closed down five cents, 1325 on the January. Wheat closed up 24 cents in Chicago at 602 and 35 cents higher in Kansas City at 646 on the March. Cotton closed down a penny and a half on the March at 79.42, and crude oil closed down $1.50 a barrel at 74.07 on the January. Managed money were heavy sellers of corn on the week, now short 206,000 contracts, selling 20,000 contracts this week. Beans, they were heavy sellers, 14,000 contracts, moving their long to down to just 67,000 contracts long. And then on wheat, heavy sellers again of 15,000 contracts, now short almost 200,000 contracts combined on all three wheat classes. In cotton, there was no change in their position. They've evened it up basically down to zero, and there was no change week over week in their positions. Export sales for the week were gigantic for corn, huge for beans, pretty large for wheat, and moderate for cotton. And although we're basically behind on soybeans year over year, uh, we're now catching up quite quickly with these large sales. We are ahead of pace on corn, and we're a touch behind uh, last year on cotton, although the USDA has a lower demand estimate for next year. So we're not, at this point, too worried about where we are on sales pace. In the markets, we're dealing with a record drought in in Panama, where the Panama Canal has basically been shut down. That is a very negative development for exports going through there. And if it doesn't rain here in the next three, four weeks, as it is predicted not to, it could be a problem through the rest of the winter. And it'll be forced the market to redirect its export efforts off the West Coast and or by vessels uh, around South America and South Africa. Uh, The Brazilian exports still remain quite strong here for November uh, in corn and beans. Uh, but they're windling down here as evidenced by the large jump in the price of corn in Brazil jumped to $6.30 bushel so indicating that they're basically running out of corn now in Brazil ethanol margins here in the United States remain very very high and we uh, were rewarded with a very large ethanol grind we were up 7% month over month and up 3% versus last year soybean crush margins equally impressive The board crush is at $2.30, but the spot crush margins by plant with the large basis levels are pushing closer to $3 a bushel in many areas of the United States. Soybean crush was announced to be a record for the month of October uh, at 201 million bushels. That's the largest crush ever recorded, and we have the brand new crush plants to thank for that here in the United States. Moving over to the macro issues, the Russian-Ukraine war continues to grind on. Uh, The corridor, uh, the sort of mock uh, new corridor out of Ukraine continues to function without much issue, although at a much lower pace than when the official corridor was allowed to be opened by Russia. But some grain continues to ship through the Ukraine. Russia is said to deploy a fresh new round of 173,000 new personnel in their armed forces, getting ready to deploy them. And so the market is expecting a a new front, a new assault coming from Russia to Ukraine here over the next several months. Israel-Palestinian war continues to uh, be halted at the moment as they exchange uh, hostages. 
although Israel has stated that uh, they will they will resort back to bombing in Gaza uh, if they don't release all the women and all the children. So that new deadline and new sort of uh, caveat is is probably more than likely going to reignite the war on Gaza. China continues to uh, grind along with heavy, heavy purchases of grain out of South America. In fact, what they're shipping is a record amount, way above where the USDA baseline uh, demand estimates are coming in. And many in the trade believe that there will be adjustments higher for beans somewhere in the 5 to 10 million metric tons and in corn closer to 10 to 20 million metric tons higher demand. So it's, it's indicating that China may have essentially run out of grain and are now restocking. They're also announcing a stimulus package to boost their economic activity here in January. No details on the amount, but they seem to be ready to move their economy uh, forward here January 1st. Crude oil prices took it on the chin this week. Um, we had an announcement by OPEC. <clears throat> they met and did cut production another million barrels, but the market didn't take it very seriously. Uh, they're, they're looking at the compliance problem they have with Russia. Uh, they think is still shipping a fair amount of crude oil in the black market, as is Iran. And so there's no real uh, trust among OPEC when they announce that they're going to cut, along with U.S. production levels sitting at near record levels right now. Uh, so while OPEC cuts, other countries, U.S., Iran, are backfilling that with more production. And so it's really defeating the purpose of those cuts and creating uh, confusion in the market as far as what the real balance sheet is like. That's why crude oil sold off so heavily here. You're also seeing a massive liquidation by speculators in their positions. They don't want any part of the crude oil market right now. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. But it definitely feels weak now here over the next few weeks as we try to sort out this balance sheet between what is really being cut and what what is really going on with demand. Demand remains very, very high, but it, at the moment it appears that we've got plenty of supply to offset that. Um, it, the government also here in the United States announced a restocking of the SPR by buying another 3 million barrels. So they seem to be picking at the edges in very small amounts. It's going to take them a very long time to replace that 300 million barrels that they liquidated over the last several years. As far as the Federal Reserve, we did get a core CPE uh, announcement of 3.5%, which was the lowest since April of 2021. And the sixth month annualized rate dropped to 2.5%. So we're really not that far away from the Fed's target of 2%. If this inflation continues to work lower in the fashion that it is, and it led the market to believe that the Fed would likely start to cut rates sometime this spring. In fact, Fed Governor Waller came out in the middle of the week announcing that he would entertain the idea of cutting sooner than expected. But unfortunately, a number of other Fed governors came out immediately to overset, override that, and their belief that the another rate hike was still on the table. Nobody believes that. So you can never get a straight answer out of the, the Federal Reserve because they have so many governors talking uh, at, at will uh, to the press, keeping the message confused. The market did take that in earnest, though. Interest rates have dropped quite a bit here in this last week or two. Um, the dollar has dropped. It broke critical support. Gold rallied. Silver rallied. Bitcoin. So all, all of the uh, counter dollar indicators are rallying, which uh, may give the idea of more teeth to the U.S. dollar falling. 
which of course, as the dollar falls, it would help support U.S. agricultural exports. The thing to keep in mind here is if the market is now pricing in a cut in rates from the Federal Reserve starting in March or April, when before they weren't expecting any cuts until June or July. And so uh, there is a hotly debated topic as to whether that actually happens. You know, the market has done a very poor job calculating rate cuts. If you remember, they've been looking for cuts all through 2023, and all they've done is raise rates through 23. But it is leading to an anticipation of rate cuts at some point. Now, with inflation at 3.5% and the Fed funds rate, at 5.3%, that spread, that differential, is at 1.8%. That's the highest it's been since 2007. So we have to go back 16 years now to have a spread that wide between the Fed funds rate and inflation. And so the thinking is is that if inflation continues to fall, as it is now with supply chains basically almost all completely fixed in, in a lot of areas and crude oil prices down, fuel prices down, that inflation is continuing to expected to roll over, especially with rents falling. That component has been lagging. So if the rates fall at to 3%, it may force the hand of the Fed to lower rates sooner than expected, which would put a lot of pressure on the dollar. So we'll keep an eye on that development. It certainly uh, reeks to me uh, of the idea that we don't want to lock in interest rates. We want to keep those variable for next year. Um, because it looks like to me rates at some point next year are going to fall and they may fall a little bit or they may fall a lot. It just depends on the rate of this drop in inflation. Going to South America now where we're we're tracking the weather. Uh, The drought got a little bit of a reprieve here last week with some rain in Mato Grosso, but the damage continues to pile up in other areas that did not. Remember, the USDA is at 163 on the soybean yield right now. A soybean crop size, 163 million metric tons. The lowest estimate came out this morning at 150. So there are private analysts within Brazil starting to drop the crop pretty significantly. Not only in beans, but in corn. Right now, the USDA has the Brazilian corn crop at 129 million metric tons. And that same analyst dropped it to 113. And it is getting very serious now with the drought being extended in a number of areas that it's likely that we're going to lose corn acres, not only because it's too late to plant it, but because of the affordability issue. And what we've seen over the last several weeks is a battle between the weather models of the GFS and the euro. And the euro is considered by many in the weather industry as the gold standard. But it has failed miserably in its understanding of what's going on in Brazil Uh, and the GFS has been quite strong. And so there's been a lot of um, negativity about uh, trusting the GFS, even though it's been the most accurate. And for right now, the GFS continues to call for dryness over the next 10 days, even into the next two weeks, and the euro does not. And so while the month of December equals our month of January, as far as crop development, we're entering in probably the most critical phase of crop development for beans and corn in South in Brazil. And so if we don't get rain in the next two weeks, you're going to see uh, the market get a lot more anxiety about the crop. Uh, the next consequence of losing the soybean production is a loss of corn acres. And so, so while many in, the, uh, in Brazil are looking for a smaller corn crop, down just 16 million metric tons, which is actually quite a bit. It could be down a lot more if this drought extends past the two to three weeks. 
And so what I think we're seeing in an overall macro picture is a feedback loop. I think U.S. exports this week signaled a turning point in demand. With such huge demand for beans and for corn and for wheat, the market is obviously starting to get concerned about the weather in South America and their coverage. And so I would argue that uh, at these prices, uh, demand is starting to pick up and the USDA is most likely underestimated on their export demand. Now that number could be small or it could be big. And if the weather continues to verify drier in South America, you could see a larger move toward U.S. inventories at these low prices. You couple that with the fact that the funds are massively short corn and wheat right now. In fact, they probably have the largest short uh, maybe ever recorded for this time of year, this week, in corn. And they've got a a very large short in wheat. Uh, And we've seen some technical reversals, small ones at that. Um, and, and so I, I think it's very possible that we're close to making lows in corn and we probably have most likely made the lows in wheat. And, you know, the managed money has huge exposure right now with the size of their positions. I think they're going to do their best to keep their positions uh, locked in for the month of December. So I'm not expecting a lot of price volatility over the next three weeks as they try to hang on for dear life with the crops falling with demand improving and they sitting on a record short. But I think come January 1st, they'll be allowed to flip those positions, get out of that short, and then at that point decide whether they want to get long. A lot of that will depend on the weather and the verification of this dryness and, and subsequent demand in the export market. So from a marketing perspective, I really have no changes in any of my numbers. I'm still looking for corn to get to that 5, 525 by the year end. Still looking for the first quarter of 2024 to get corn to 525 to 550 in that trading range. Still looking for beans to get to the 14, 1450 by year end. And still looking for the 14 to $15 range in the first quarter of 2024. In wheat, uh, looking for a small bounce into year end by 650 to Chicago, $7 Kansas City. But looking for a far bigger move as the funds get blown out of these positions and have to cover in a very illiquid time of year. And we would should see prices, I believe, closer to $7.50 in Chicago wheat and $8 in Kansas City in the first quarter of next year. Cotton still looking for a very range-bound trade. As long as we're in the middle of ginning, uh, we'll be ginning at least for the next few weeks. But I'm looking for an 80 to 90 cent price range between now and year end and a chance at poking above 90, closer to 95 in the first quarter of next year, as it looks like cotton is going to lose an extraordinary amount of acres to soybeans for next year, and maybe even corn. And so uh, I think there'll be a battle for acres that should give us a nice boost in prices in cotton in the first quarter of next year. Okay, that's the update. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Take care.